Have you ever been to jail, Kunal? Ever? What jail? Which no? You mean where you wear checkered flag stripes, or at least whatever that looks like? Yeah, yeah, a proper jail where you get a bed and a meal for what three times a day for free, completely. Have you been there? No. I mean, although I must say the jails in the Nordics are like five-star luxury. Not that I intend to visit them, even though I live here. <laughs> But no, I haven't been, and I hope never to be in jail. I think we kind of are getting a feeling of what a jail would feel like, except it's a Formula One jail. Four weeks without a race, Kunal. How have you spent all the time? Because I have been scratching my head, and. Um, I've been trying to do some productive stuff. We've got some good guests on the podcast, by the way, which we should talk about in a second. But I have been bored to death, Kunal. Four weeks. What do you do? Well, is that really the best analogy you could come up with, Samila? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was going to be worse. Actually, I was about to say, "Welcome back, ooh." Formula One. I like no? that. That is typical Samuel. That's the Samuel that I know. <laughs> I think it's just that when you're away from what you love to do for such a long time, even the lowest hanging fruit feels like the best thing possible. Like it does for Mercedes right now as well. They'll just take anything because they're not winning, and at this moment in time. So we're we're back. I think we are back, aren't we, Kunal? Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to the Inside Line F1 podcast for our Azerbaijan GP race preview. You can tell we're rusty because it's been such a long time without Formula One. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of the Indian Racing League broadcast on Star Sports. Joining me is Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team, who is now an FIA-accredited Formula One journalist working with the Viaplay Network. And seriously, Kunal, uh, we did a few meetups in India uh, in this break. We went to talk to the Formula One community. We had a word with everyone, had some fun quizzes, amazing banter. But even with that, even though we were able to have such a great connect with all of you, actually present at our meetups, you still at the end of the week and feel like there was no race, and we come back with two of them. What on earth? Well, you're right. You know, we had no race. But what did I do to keep myself entertained? Firstly, of course, it's a very shameless self-promotion plug but i listened to the episodes that we put out during the break we had david coulthard we had the folks from driven international talking about circuit design and they were the guys who basically redesigned abu dhabi have done several other tracks for moto gp and formula e very interesting and then of course we had break or blake as we know him in the world of f1 a former performance engineer talking about Red Bull Racing, working with Verstappen, Perez. Uh, he was also at Force India. So I pretty much liked the fact that we had the break and we had this feature-driven focus on our episodes, which usually doesn't happen, given that how, like you said, there are two races in two days now. Suddenly, do do we even speak about the sprint after the sprint? Because by the time we release that, it'll be time for the main Grand Prix, right? And then here's what I did: something else very interesting. I recommend everybody to do so. We went to the Berlin E-Prix. We were there for both the races and the rookie test, and uh, we were there as accredited journalists. Our daughter uh, Antara was there as well, and we had the most amazing access to a race weekend. And mind you, we've done several races before, Formula One races, right? But this time we said, why don't we just go take a holiday? to berlin and go and see the race it is incredible the racing of course is incredible but the fan experience the the fan centric approach of formula e is very uh refreshing i would say and 
you know, we were there in the in the paddock, we were there in the garage, listening in Jehan Daruwala, the Indian Formula 2 driver and Mahindra's reserve driver. Uh, you know, he participated in the rookie test. I was able to literally from 30 minutes before he got into the car till uh, the rookie test ended, able to follow with him with his performance engineer uh, on the Pit to Car radio channel, understand how he was building himself up to his rookie test. It was the first time he drove a Formula E car, uh, first time at uh, the Berlin e Prix circuit as well. So lots of fantastic learnings, which I'm hoping to, which I'm guessing will help uh, me, you know, report on the sport better, talk even more smartly uh, on the podcast. And then, of course, a great experience for Antara to also have at her race weekend. I mean, for her, it was the first time. So she's she doesn't see the screen, but she's seen books. So she had lots of books of motorsport or Formula One. And I think one of the things that really surprised her was there was a driver who got out of the car and came to her with the helmet and spoke to her. And up until now, I don't know if there was that connection that she made that you could actually speak to a driver. Mind you, she's just two years old, right? So she's still building all these <laughs> associations in her head. And she was completely blown that the day we actually left Berlin to come back to Oslo, she said, but Papa, I want to go see Jehan by drive again. Let's go back to the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it, right? That's where you actually develop a connection with the sport itself. I was initially fearful that the moment he said Formula E, our listeners would suddenly tank. But it's it's true, though. The racing genuinely is amazing. But this isn't a Formula E podcast. For this, Kunal, we should have a special feature that we should talk about your entire experience. What is it like actually following a rookie test? But on the subject of Formula 1, I think if there's one circuit that should deliver just about the same levels of Formula E chaos, it has to be Baku. And suddenly we have two races. But in the meantime, I've just been so annoyed. Why is Formula 1 doing this? Why are we pushing something down our throat that we don't really need or want or absolutely even deserve for that matter? I mean, I don't get it. MotoGP is hell-bent on having sprint races. Formula 1 is hell-bent on having sprint races. It works for bikes because you can pass. In Formula 1 cars, you can't really do that. So we now have two qualifyings and two races. It's basically just like Adding unnecessary vegetables to a margarita pizza. Do you really need to do that? I mean, the pizza's fine as is, right? You don't need to change things around. So why are we being force-fed something that nobody wants? And by the way, if you do want or rather like the new sprint format, uh, just let us know in, in the poll section down below. We'd love to know what you think about it. But so far, Kunal, the pulse is that it's unnecessary. Well, 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 well. Let me, let me, let me first say pineapple on a pizza is very welcome right no. and in the opening sorry no it's not no we, we're not gonna tolerate that no no chance in the opening 10 in the opening eight minutes of this episode i've spoken formula e and i've spoken pineapple on pizzas and i'm pretty sure you know this is where listenership tanks they're like dude this guy has changed in these four <laughs> weeks i don't even know why we are listening to the inside line f1 podcast anymore but okay I, let, let's let's do this. Who is Formula One talking to and MotoGP talking to where they're like, there is a need for sprint races? We need to find those fans and we need to educate those fans on why you don't need sprint races. Oh no, Stefano Domenicali Kunal, he came out in an interview and of all the people in the world who could say this, Stefano Domenicali, who's been running the sport for such a long time, team principal of Ferrari, boss of Lamborghini, Formula One fan for decades now. He says the only people who have problem with sprints 
are old Formula One fans. Are we old now? I think How old are. are you again? Someone? I'm 19. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a very old Formula One fan, Kunal. I need my walking stick to walk these days. It's <laughs> tough life. Well, well, well but I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, my my assessment is that the new sprint format is actually a more sensible format. Okay. It's a far busier format. I would prefer lesser practice so that teams don't really get to optimize their tools and set up. And then there's a lot more unpredictability through the weekend. And I would prefer more meaningful sessions. I would prefer two starts. I would prefer two opening laps. Of course, now I know how qualifying is so much more closer than it is, say, in a, you know, in the races. So I don't mind two qualifying sessions as well. And, you know, uh, to me, I'm happy to give it a try. Uh, will the sprint and Grand Prix format become a standard going forward just the way it is in MotoGP? One doesn't know, but let's give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Like you said, Baku will add to the chaos, will add to the entertainment. And what better uh, a circuit uh, than Baku to have the sprint format? Although Baku didn't really have a lot of overtakes last year. I think it was only 16th out of the 22 races with just 22 passes if i remember my numbers right but i'm excited to see where it goes samil i call it a sprint call it a shootout call it whatever you want to but the fact is now that you actually have something on every day of the weekend to look forward to and i mean you know saturday is going to be an interesting business case to do in the years to come you actually have lesser track time possible right because it's a shorter qualifying and then a shorter race as well but could it be that Saturday becomes the more expensive ticket to buy because it is the most condensed way of looking at a Formula One weekend? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out loud. So uh, more expense uh, for lesser minutes served on track. God knows. It's ridiculous. And I'm also now curious. Okay, maybe now I am acting like an oldie in this case. But what happens to the person who wins the Saturday qualifying? Like, what are they called? They, they're not a pole sitter, technically, because they're not winning the proper qualifying, but they still have set a qualifying lap that's the fastest. So, are they the sprint qualifying winner? And then it's it's too much. It's too much. We Okay, maybe we should try it and figure it out. But it just already seems like there's no incentive for the drivers literally to go out and push as hard as it normally would be. But to the point of Baku, to the point of the sprint race, I am glad that at least this is the best place we could start off with one race, Kunal. Because as our title for this episode literally says, this place is El Crashico. And it's just got me wondering, right, at this stage, how will Charles Leclerc have his heart broken this weekend? It's a it's a game that we must play. Will he crash out? Will he have a gearbox penalty? Will he have Ferrari absolutely ruin his strategy when he's on for a podium? Or will it be all of the above? Or will someone steal his watch? Or will his girlfriend leave him? Or will he have to wear a stupid jacket to promote a race far away later on in the season? I wonder, how is Charles Leclerc going to get his heart broken, Kunal? You know, he's very smart. He said, I have a very low target. I want to just finish a race. And guess what? (laughs) He's got two chances to do that this weekend. So let's just see how Charles Leclerc and Ferrari go uh, this weekend. But, but, But wait a minute, you know. Before we move on to individual teams and individual drivers and etc., etc., we're almost 12 minutes in. Uh, very interesting. You know, I was doing some research. So, the Azar- Azerbaijan is known as the land of fire because hmm. of various natural uh, resources that they've got. And, and because of Baku- Leclerc's engine last year, obviously. 
there is that and ba- baku is actually the largest city in the world that is below sea level okay and is known as the city of winds okay so interesting things and to me the best way to describe baku is by saying velden baku and i think that's what we're going to say that two times Nicely over done. this weekend given that there are two qualifyings and two races to look forward to but if there's one driver that i'm most excited about for the weirdest of reason is fernando alonso and not because he's at you know he's on this run of three podiums and he's doing what he's doing with aston martin and there is this whole rumor around him and taylor swift right and i generally do not care about vags or partners or whatever but what i like is you know fernando alonso for being the 40 year old person that he is actually went on to tiktok to put up an update and i don't use tiktok but you know i read the updates and in that update he used a taylor swift song right <laughs> so here's a 40 year old man teaching you know younger drivers how to have a long very successful formula 1 career and teaching all other millennials all you millennials somelo zennials or whatever you're called how to also ace the whole virality game on social media and if you come to think about it i don't know what credibility the news report has but if there's one thing for sure fernando alonso does still feel like he's 22 like that taylor swift song so hmm interesting interesting but it's <laughs> Isn't that the most random news story we've ever heard, Kunal? It's like the writers and the journalists also got bored. Like, ah, what do we do right now? Oh, Fernando Alonso, acha, he's trending these days. Who can we pair him up with? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. What? Yeah, I'll tell you another <laughs> random, random, really random story. And this is why I love Stefano Domenicali. Okay, F1 season is capped at twenty-five Grand Prix weekends. Right. But guess what he's delivering in 2023? He's delivering 29 races. By just adding more races on the existing weekends, he's like, hey, fans want more races, but the teams don't. Here you go. You have more races. So technically, Red Bull has six more races. They can win this year and have a record of, you know, whatever else that they're going to end up winning. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I must say, I mean... Baku's chaotic. We're going to have two stats that are going to be used and abused this weekend. That in the last six years, there's been no repeat winner in Baku, etc. So that's going to be one. The second stat is Ferrari have two poles but no wins, and Red Bull have two wins but no poles. So that's going to be another played up uh, stat as well. Uh, and uh, I'm 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 just eager to see what. other ways can baku entertain us this year because when we speak baku we remember ricardo punting uh verstappen the jury still out there who was at fault uh, we think the magic button that uh, you know lewis had we think fettel uh thinking that hamilton brake tested him we think uh, by the way uh, i think it was here right in baku where valtteri bottas pipped lance stroll to p2 on the podium on the final lap Uh, on the start finish straight correct correct that's true as so, well so yeah lots of lots of ways baku has entertained us and we're going to have to x the entertainment at least uh yeah i mean at some point at some point i will convince myself that the sprint is a good idea until then let's talk about what could make the sprint a good idea and that is going to be a fight between red bull racing uh, not between red bull racing rather within red bull racing for that matter kunal because if you look at the records 
Sergio Perez is absolutely brilliant at straight circuits. Remember, this is where he got his first ever Red Bull Racing win as well in 2021. Not to say that, hey, because he won here that year, he's going to be good here this year. No, but really, at straight circuits, be it sometimes that Max has things that goes wrong for him or that Checo Perez is just able to smartly engineer a race around street circuits. He's just had a brilliant record around the likes of Singapore, Monaco, Baku for that matter. And remember, wind the clock back one year, Kunal, we were talking about the exact same thing. Can Sergio Perez genuinely challenge Max Verstappen? And since then, we haven't seen any sort of concrete evidence apart from the Monaco GP, which came after Baku. But at this point in time, same story, it repeats back up again. Red Bull Racing and now adamant that, no, we've provided a more equal car. Sergio Perez is more adamant that, hey, I've been setting pace and lap times that are similar to what Max has done. Does the ball really stop on qualifying? Because if it does, that just gives Max Verstappen two times the opportunity to demonstrate why he is much better and much faster. We all know that. I think it's it's an open secret. Everybody knows that Max is the faster one. But mind you, in the last couple of races before Australia, Sergio's pace was right up there in the race. So if things do go wrong, I am very intrigued to see how this battle plays out. Not how Red Bull manages it, because we know how that's going to go. But could we see a change? Could we see a shift? Could we see the number 11 back on the top step of the podium? If there's one race where it would be most likely full of chaos, it would be this one. I'm going to say another stat that's going to be used and abused this weekend. That Baku's also, I believe, known as the home of the street fighters or something like that. But anyway... Checo Perez has a better record at street circuits than what Max. Street... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do, do they have gang warfare quite often? In <laughs> what, what sort of dumb nickname is that? I don't know. I think I read it somewhere during my research. It's known as the home of the street fighters or something to that effect. But anyway. It'd be ideal though because this op- the main street is so long. The street fighters could actually fight there like the video game. It's so open that you could kick yourself up into the orbit and then fall back down. There'll still be enough runoff for you not to hit a wall or something like that. Quite like a video game. So maybe it makes sense, Kunal. Guess what? It is called. I just googled it. BakuCityCircuit.com. That's the official one. The home of the Street Fighters is ready to race. So it is the home of the Street Fighters. Yes, my memory is sharp even though I am closer to age with Fernando Alonso than to you, Mr. Samuel Aurora. Right? Okay. But uh, I, was, I, was, I was talking of Perez, right? Yes, that narrative will keep hyping up through the season, at least till there's a mathematical chance, because they both have been very closely matched uh, in 2023, which is a good sign, which is why reliability is something that, you know, Max Verstappen has been saying will come to, you know, the, the you know, will be a factor in the driver's championship, because even though Max is known to be quicker and, you know, all of that, all he needs is a couple of DNFs with, Checo being up there and taking wins and suddenly there's a deficit that Max has to catch up with you know and we've seen what happened in 2016 even though Nico won everybody said it was that engine failure in Malaysia that you know Lewis uh, had which gave Nico the title etc right so that but Perez has had more experience or, or, or better results at street circuits but that's also been due to some cheeky stuff that he's done and that the fact that Verstappen had a failure a couple of years ago etc well let's not go into details but Baku is Checo's most successful circuit he has had more podiums here than any other driver and he has had more podiums here than any other circuit right so that's that but of course in Max's case he's won 16 
of the last 22 races, right? And I don't know how many races before we turn around and say 2022 was 22 races and Max has now won 22 races. So he's literally won all of the last season, right? So let's see what Red Bull does. Uh, You know, Christian Horner's, of course, said it's like to have a sprint as well as a Grand Prix weekend at uh, Baku in itself is pretty frightening from a budget cap perspective, you don't, you know, and that's a very uh, thin line to to cross with uh, Red Bull people, right? Talking about the budget cap. <laughs> oh goodness, the trauma is still there, but generally that could be a factor. And with that as well, Kanal, I'm so intrigued about what team and what driver actually has a surprise weekend because owing, I mean, rather judging from the last few races and judging from the car's characteristics, I really feel that we should be watching out for Williams over here with the extremely long straight and. The lack of necessity for extreme downforce at the circuit. Maybe Alex Albon could be an interesting contender to watch for. And also the Alpines because over the last few races, their speed traffickers have been amazing. They've worked well at tracks where the downforce level has been low. Pierre Gasly from Australia comes to mind until they took each other out. But a quirky take on that, rather quirky take on Alpine, is that they no longer will be in the pink livery. So Esteban Ocon's pink crash fetish sort is going to be over because... Normally, when he's in a pink car, he tends to collide with his teammates a lot more. So, that could be good news for Alpine. But I, I'm really intrigued to see how Albon does, how the Alpines do as well. Because this could be a proper chaotic race. And for me as well, Kunal, I think this is the one weekend where Aston Martin will really struggle. And Ferrari could be genuinely there for a good podium. Once All they finish, of course. Start. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All down to circuit and car characteristics. And since you've picked Williams that you're going to watch out for, I'm going to pick Alpha Tauri because where are we today? In the first three races of the season, all 10 teams have scored points. Uh, two drivers are yet to score. One is Logan Sargent. Second is Nick DeFries. Uh, and uh, you spoke of Pierre Gasly. Gasly has qualified ninth and finished ninth in the two races, apart from Australia, whatever. So, uh, you know, nine is the number out there. Now I'm throwing bits and pieces because you you mentioned Alpine, you mentioned uh, Alfred, you know, Williams, etc. So going to Alpine first. Um, the talk of this weekend, uh, literally from uh, the Thursday, is going to be about all the upgrades that teams are going to bring to the table because four weeks or whatever three weeks gap we've had uh, has been massive, but teams have been working overtime trying to fix their cars, etc. And like uh, they said on the F1 Nation podcast, in in, a ma- in many ways, the engineers actually prefer to work during these breaks because you know racing events are like disruptions in their engineering flow, which is a very interesting way to put it. So, all down to what the upgrades are going to be. Will uh, Mercedes have some bit of side pods uh, or not? Uh, You know, that's something that's uh, either this weekend or in Imola we're going to find out. But very interestingly, Alpine has said that they want to take on Mercedes with their Baku upgrade. Now, the last few upgrades they brought have actually delivered. And I was trying to decode this. Why, Why does... Alpine want to take Mercedes. Let's let's think of that. So we've got Red Bull, which is the fastest. We've got Ferrari or Aston Martin, second or third. And then Mercedes, which is fourth. And Alpine, over the last many, many years, believe fourth is their birthright. So anyone going for fourth place, we will attack them and them only first. And that's probably where Alpine has said, we want to take on Mercedes Uh you know, of course, they've not finished the statement by saying because they're in fourth place. But hey, we want to take on Mercedes. So that's with with that's with Alpine. I know that's a daddy joke, right? You can you can say that. But 
I also said Alpha Tauri. Now, Alpha Tauri actually have a great record at the Baku City Circuit as Alpha Tauri and as uh, Scuderia Toro Rosso as well. Uh, I think Gasly was third year in 21. He was fifth in 22. Uh, the cars have reached Q3 here before. Uh, and even I think when Daniel Kvyat was there in Toro Rosso out here, they were, you know, they were scoring points in the top five, top, top six positions. And uh, Nick DeFries, let's watch out and see if he finally scores a, a point uh, this weekend, Samuel. Yeah, seriously, we, we could be on to check out how these dark horses actually genuinely perform as well. And it, it's all a part of the whole puzzle, right? When you have a sprint race, when you have a race as chaotic as Baku, I'm just waiting to see if a certain driver would also feel the force of Baku. That is when they get hit by a car behind them without being physically hit. It's a mysterious alien action that also tends to happen at this very circuit. I think the last time we saw it was in 2018, when a certain driver called Roman Grosjean got hit by Marcus Ericsson. But without being hit physically, it's the force. Watch out in Baku. Again, uh, Charles Leclerc has felt it a couple of times when he's gone into a wall, but it's not been his mistake. It's just been the force pushing him up over there. But that's just Baku. That's just how chaotic the race tends to get. But on a more serious note, we want to know what the numbers say about this race as well. Because even though it's just been there for a few years, there have been quite a few interesting trends and stats that can also define this particular race. So for that, we've got F1 Stats Guru Sundara back in with another stats preview. Let's listen in. Hey folks, it's time for the stats preview of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. My name is Sundaram, also known as the F1 Stats Guru. Formula 1 is back, finally, and so is the F1 Sprint. So let's not waste any more time, let's get straight into the numbers. So Formula 1 action returns after 28 days, which is the longest gap between two races mid-season since the last 15 years. It last happened in 2007, it's now happening this year, unfortunately, because the Chinese Grand Prix could not be held. Now, the start of the week, actually, is that every single race in Baku has been won by a different driver. It was Nico Rosberg in 2016, Ricardo in 2017, Lewis Hamilton in 2018, Valtteri Bottas in 2019, Sergio Perez in 2021, and Max Verstappen in 2022. The big question is, who else is going to win it? Will this pattern continue? Will it be Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, or could it be Fernando Alonso? We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait to see. The other interesting fact is Red Bull has won on this track on three occasions but have never taken pole. Conversely, Ferrari has taken three pole positions here, but has surprisingly never won here. Now, if Max Verstappen wins one more race, he really looks like he's going to be winning a lot this year. But if he wins one more, he'll equal Sebastian Vettel to become Red Bull's most successful driver. Vettel is on 38 wins with Red Bull and Verstappen is currently on 37. But also let's talk about the sprint races because it's been a while since we saw one. It's going to be the seventh sprint race in Formula 1 and the first time it's being held around a street venue. All of the previous six sprints have been won by Red Bull and Mercedes. Actually, Verstappen has won half of them. He's won three of them. And the interesting point is, Aston Martin, Alfa Tauri and Williams have never scored a point in a sprint race. But I'm sure Aston Martin might score more than just a few this time. That was the stats preview of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I hope you folks liked it. I really can't wait to see what happens this weekend because it's going to be a new sprint format. I'm really excited. But for more such interesting stats and facts, do follow me on my Twitter and Instagram under the name F1 Stats Guru. I'll see you very soon. Welcome back in, folks, to the Inside Line F1 podcast. And yeah, so far, we've just been bantering about Baku. And it's just been so hard to comprehend 
what this is going to feel like because suddenly after so many weeks and months away it feels like we've been hitting by a truck of formula 1 racing but i think it's good kunal because we now have five races in the next six weeks which means that the championship really gets properly serious out here so in terms of predictions who are you looking forward to really from baku i i have my money on carlos signs i really feel like with ferrari's let's say uh, more beneficial characteristics in comparison to Baku I think he could be one driver who has a genuine shot at getting a decent podium but who stands out in your mind apart from Carlos or is it really Carlos itself you will never ever let go of Carlos Sainz but before we get to Ferrari <laughs> if you're in Mumbai if you're a formula 1 and a MotoGP fan or a formula 1 or a MotoGP fan we are hosting a motorsport carnival in Mumbai at Tadar Social Uh, check out the event uh, description in the links below but we would love to have you guys there we're going to have an interaction before the formula 1 race and we'll have the formula 1 race then the moto gp race and then throughout the day there is a simulator for everybody to have a go at as well and i know somil you and f1 stats guru sundaram are going to be hosting it um you know uh, on this sunday so everybody who's interested please do join us i'll be joining in spirit uh like i keep telling people i'm like curating the event remotely or whatever you call it right but the 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 tickets are on insider check out the the description in the link on to ferrari uh, you know the four weeks that we were off again i haven't made up my mind if you've realized if you've stuck around till now i've said three weeks <laughs> once and four weeks the other times i don't really know how long the break was but uh the, the the time that we had off i'm just you know sort of deflecting on the fact that i can't remember how long the break was right uh ferrari have gone into more rumors they want to get rid of carlos sainz because he's complaining too much the other rumor is it's an open secret that charles leclerc is talking to mercedes to replace lewis hamilton blah 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 but i wonder if charles leclerc is now also you know in this space where yes he wants to finish a race but hey i want to have some more fun in life because driving a ferrari or driving for ferrari is not so much fun <laughs> so he's producing songs and he's on spotify so he'll probably keep refreshing it a few times uh, every hour to see how his standings in uh, go in uh, you know in terms of music chart lists or whatever spotify has but and even here kunal even ferrari, here he's second to lewis hamilton yes even in music second to Yeah so maybe they collab someday the only way they'll be teammates and you know oh, best oh. fans will follow them but a- anyway Ferrari actually if i remember correctly last year they had their worst race in Baku because not only did Leclerc and Sainz have retirements uh Joe Guanyu and Kevin Magnussen also had retirements so will the Ferrari power unit stay you know stay uh be reliable throughout the race weekend the good news for them and all the other teams is that there are extra elements that are now available for them to use on the power unit side officially so uh, you know maybe they will not take as many uh, penalties as they would have otherwise planned and they could run more power to sort of compensate for the fact that they have an extra unit to you know to use as well so i expect a lot of these rumors to be addressed uh, through this weekend when it comes to ferrari but do i see them challenging uh, people I'll, i'll put it this way we know ferrari are quick but we don't know what they can land up with we know aston martin might struggle on those long straights because that's usually been the deterrent but somehow there is more confidence that aston martin will fix their problems or find a solution in their setup to be quicker than ferrari that's just where i am somewhere no wait but you still haven't said who your prediction is that's a fun way to dodge it huh 
I'll tell oh. you who my prediction is. Uh-huh. I I would say Nick DeFree score po- scores points his first points in Baku. No this break would have sort of helped him. Interestingly, you know, till Australia, Lando Norris was 20th and last in the championship and he finished one race and now he's suddenly up to 8th in the championship. That's just how close the whole, you know, midfield fight is. Uh, so I'm going to bet on Nick DeFries and the other Nico Hulkenberg. Somehow he just seems like he almost never left Formula One, right? Uh, and he's settled in so well. I think his seventh in Australia seven, uh, was Haas's best finish since some 14 or 16 races or something you count, right? So exciting times, I would say, for this weekend. Drivers have two extra times to score points. I, of course, feel that it will be Max Verstappen up front. And I would love to see how much ahead of the field can he finish in the sprint race, right? And there is no safety car because in the Grand Prix, if there's a safety car, suddenly the gap is nullified. But in the sprint race, it's going to be that you just go do low fuel runs. And that's that's actually another interesting thing. That's actually the Achilles heel. Last year in Brazil, Red Bull got it all wrong because there was one free practice session and they did not get time. They went the wrong way with setup. And guess who won? Mercedes. Could that really be the game changer for Formula One and Red Bull racing again this weekend? Exactly. That is one thing that's so interesting to watch. And with these format changes, I think that's what we should target. Maybe getting just less amount of practice time so that then you're sort of forced to optimize every single minute of practice that you have. And that's what they should be rewarded for considering the amount of investment and engineering that goes into Formula One cars these days. Not maybe two or three practice sessions, and then we have a qualifying, then we have a race, then we have a qualifying, then we have a race. It's just a little little silly. But let's wait and watch to see what happens this weekend as well. We're only just finding out together, and it'll be fun to see what Formula 1 actually delivers in terms of the goods. But folks, if you have enjoyed this episode so far, thank you so much for sticking it on to the end. We'd love to have you for our Azerbaijan GP and MotoGP Spanish GP live watch along in Mumbai at Dadar Social this weekend. And so for that, as Kanal has mentioned, check out the link in the description below. And also, vote on the poll that we've mentioned early on in the podcast as well. What do you think about the whole sprint race dilemma? Thank you for listening, folks. Thank you for watching. And we shall be back for the Baku GP review on Monday. Bye-bye.